Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads 505. I'm Larry. And I'm Vince. Welcome to the show where we talk all things cryptid, Sasquatch, aliens, hauntings, and anything paranormal you would like to share with us. You can reach us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. So settle in, open your mind, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Cryptid Crossroads. We're back doing it once again. Hey, Vince, give him a shout out. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am doing it via satellite, as they say on TV. Not really satellite, but I'm calling in because I still have a little bit of health issues, so I played it safe and I stayed home. That's right. He's chasing too many aunties out there. Yep, I I don't know if I'm getting older. They're just getting faster. I think they're getting faster. And (laughs) we... We also got Tater joining us tonight. Tater, give him a shout out. Hello, everybody out there in Cryptid Crossroads 505 Radio Land. All right. So, you, you, you know, we're, uh, we're uh, kind of uh, on the dry side today, but if Tater wants to do the shout for us, that that's would right. be okay. That's right. If you want to, if you want I to have give. A, I have a shot of fireball right here. Uh, uh, don't mind that. Uh, we take one, I'll do it. That's right. Gonna, it. You're going to do it for us. Give a, a toast out to our fans. Tater's going to shout it out to you. Go for it. Cheers to everybody out there in Cryptid Crossroads 505. Thank you. All right. <clears throat> and, and just FYI, Tater, we, we, we don't say fireball because, you know, we don't want to get sued. That's Sasquatch here. And- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Okay, that's what that was. Yeah, that's why it burns. That's all right. We're good. All right, so I I finally watched that documentary that you two watched, the one uh, "Don't Call Me Bigfoot." Yeah, and that that was probably one of the better documentaries I've seen in a while because it it was well done. Right, and there was a, a lot of good information in that. That's right. None of the. Uh, Ooh, they smoke choke weed and they sit around and sing. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, what'd you find? Is that in reference to something there? Uh, what was that? Is that in reference to some other? Yeah, it's uh, the the one we. Yeah, the one, one. No, no, that was uh the one we watched uh, when we were originally going to do this podcast. They had that guy from the Hamas talking about the tunnels. And that lady in there, that lady that says uh, they use chokeweed because uh, she told them she eats seaweed and their magic herb is chokeweed. Right. No, I know what you're talking about. I just, I, I didn't know if that was a shot of your brother there. No, 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 we just, uh, we just laugh at it because uh, our thing is somebody like that kind of ruins the credibility. Now, this is just our point of view. You know, the credibility, because according to her, they can make fire in caves and they get stoned, you know? Right. Yeah, she was out there quite a ways, so in my, in my eyes, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and she said it on um, uh, another documentary. Uh, so on this 
previous documentary that where we first seen it, this is second second time she said it. She said that they communicate with them telepathically, and you know they they notify them when they're in the woods, and and she's like, and they told me they just smoke chokeweed around the fire. I'm like, so now you're. Uh, you're pushing the envelope saying that Sasquatch has the ability to create fire. <laughs> yeah, right. And not only that, she said she learned how to talk to the Sasquatch. Uh, the aliens taught her. Right. And she said so, that. Yeah. She said it in this video, too. I'm like, <clears throat> the uh, what does she call them? Her star friends? or? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she even spoke too much herself, but... Yeah. Yep, yep, or not enough. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so one of the interesting things that I thought that they brought out was, you know, how they pinpointed that these creatures are like all over the world. And, you know, we, we hear that they are from like different cultures, different stories, but. I think they are ancient, like they kind of said, and they crossed the land bridge just like Homo sapien and Neanderthal man and before, you know, before the land separated because according according to science and depends on who you talk to in geography, all, all the land mass was at one time connected and then it slowly started just separating over millions of years, they say. Right, right, and they say that the people uh, crossed it following the animals, the food source. Right. So, but uh, yeah, they said that, and he, they also said that a uh, man and Homo sapien, or not Homo sapien, but uh, is it Gigantopithecus? Right. Or no, no, I'm thinking Neanderthal. They they side by side crossed it, and uh, you know, Gigantopithecus was close in that range. So they they don't know. They don't know because. They really don't know what Bigfoot is, right. but they had some interesting theories about crossing the land bridge and how the Bigfoot may have crossed also, you know, following the food. And uh, the point I like that one of them made was uh, how the further north you go, the bigger they get. And he made his point with uh, coyotes being much bigger in Alaska, right. uh, the bears being much bigger. So, and that's one thing we talked about is uh, over there kind of like the fishbowl theory. The more room you give them, the bigger they get. Right. Right. Makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Tater, Tater anything to add? <laughs> no, I, I was just listening to you. That was, uh, that was interesting to me as well, that, that the guy uh, put that out there. That <laughs> at, at, first, when, at first look, when I first started watching the documentary, at first glance, I looked at the guy and thought, this guy's probably never even been out in the woods. But then I started listening to his knowledge that he had, and I was like, totally blown away that, okay, this guy knows exactly what he's talking about. He knows his shit. And I mean, I believe his mother's blood, an anthropologist or a Yeah, yeah, because you grew up in the forest with her. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that's where he was raised out there with her, I'm sure. So, the, the guy was just spot on, well, both of them were, but the one guy just kind of blew me away like you were talking about, and how they were more aggressive uh, and in certain places also. So right. That was right. Too. Yeah. Right. 
No, and 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 I've heard that story, and we've we've touched base on that many times because in the Pacific Northwest, you know, they say it's hit or miss with them being uh, aggressive. But if you listen to a lot of the stories from down, like they, he was saying, down south in like East Texas, Texarkana, and the Big Thicket, they're they're pretty aggressive, and they'll they'll charge you out. They they throw sticks, yeah. rocks. <laughs> Right, and there, there's been, uh, you know, there's no solid proof, but there's been uh, stories of people disappearing. They find their clothes or a shoe up in the tree. Right. So, yeah, in, in the Pacific Northwest, they say, oh, they won't hurt you. They're just curious. And somewhere else, they might rip your head off. Right. Well, that was another, that was another, uh, well, I think I sent you guys a, a text about the Bigfoot encounters in the Pacific Northwest that I've seen on TV. Yeah. Yes. So that, you know, I don't know if you guys either one would have a chance to watch that one, but uh, it wasn't as far as a bunch of new information. It was just kind of, uh, like you said, it was hit or miss up there whether you got any activity or not. We kind of go out there with these big camera crews and stuff. You're not going to get much activity. You know, you're going to be some of the time by yourself or like you guys or just a few of you, but right. you're going to get some activity. So, Right. Right. And when, when we go out there, it's usually just us two. We've had a, a couple occasions where we take more, but that's that's rare. But uh, I, I don't know. My theory is you go out there and you just do your thing, but we get out where there's nobody around us. And if you're out there doing your thing, then they'll come in to check you out. But I don't believe you can run through the forest and, and find them because they'll hear you coming a mile away and they'll avoid you. Of course. <clears throat> right. I, I don't believe so. And, and if you do, I believe it's uh, an accident on their part. Right, exactly. And, and one thing on that, that uh, don't call me Bigfoot, they were talking about Todd standing as far as, you know, they were kind of saying if he could get that close-up of a video of a face, why not wait for the body to come out so you can get a whole picture I thought that made good sense to me too, as far as you know, kind of debunking his his video that he posted. Right, and there's a lot of controversy when it comes to Todd Standing stuff. I thought he got some pretty good videos. Uh, they, they say that his Bigfoot has the same proportions as a human, right. but I've seen breakdowns where they measure it, and the ones I saw did not have the same proportions as a human. You know, the the nose and the hips are further. The eyes are set differently. Right. And and if you watch his documentary toward the end of it, when he says that he thinks it was the male, but he's peeking like through the, under the stump, that, that one looks totally like a, like an ape, you know, like a, like a chimpanzee. It's all black right. skin. <clears throat> so... And, uh, you, you know, to, to make to fake it like that, he's got to have some cash, you know, because he had to have those, if, if it is a mask, he had to have it custom made without anybody knowing. Right. Because I, I've never heard anyone come forward and say, oh, uh, I made that or I was in it. Yeah. Like people try to do with the Patterson-Gimlin. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a big box office budget doing that. And 
I don't think he had that. And and his pur- no. his purpose wasn't really fame and fortune. He was really an advocate to try to get him at, as a protected Protection. species. Yeah, it, it wasn't yeah. wasn't about money. But I'm sure he made money. Right now, you know what just popped into my head? How far along would we be if our mom was an anthropologist? instead of a good cook making a fat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Just a thought, good, you know? Good. Hey, that's a good point. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. We'll be talking about your documentaries now instead of... Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> no, now, uh, last night, I just want to throw this out there because it was... Uh, I saw a movie. It wasn't about Bigfoot or Sasquatch, but it had two of the two people who have been involved in the field. You you remember from the skunk ape, uh, what was his name, something, Stacy Brown Jr.? Uh-oh. He was in it, remember, in the skunk ape documentary? Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, Les Stroud were in it. And uh, they're supposed to be old military buddies. They're going camping, and they fell into a pit in the forest. And it just gets funky because... Uh, they can't get out. They've been there for weeks. Uh, they start fighting. They knock each other out. They, it starts with one of them cuts off the other one's foot. Then the other one cuts off his fingers and eats them. And then they start hallucinating. It was uh, one of them finally got out. Um, I'm, I'm going to ruin it for you because I don't recommend watching it. Okay. But uh, <laughs> I, I watched it just because who was in it. But it, it was a waste of an hour and a half. <laughs> That you'll never get back. <laughs> right. right, right. Good thing I'm here 24-7 with nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I, I definitely won't watch that one. Yeah, unless you uh, want to torture yourself because it's like horrible acting, horrible. I, I mean, imagine. we could probably do better than three of us. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, some people just don't have any talent, you know. I, I don't know what to say about that. But, yeah, you know, what can you say? Anyway, back to the squatch. Yep, back to the squatch. That's right. So, now we have. Go ahead, I'll say. What's that? No, I, I was going to say that because of what happened to me, we haven't been able to get out at all. But, oh, I know. Man, I've been sitting here itching to get up to the mountains. Yeah, no, but. but. Uh, I, I don't think my crutches or cane will do me much good up there. We'll have to burn them for firewood. <laughs> uh, so here's one one point that I brought up. That the the one gentleman that his mom was an anthropologist. He was real knowledgeable, but he kind of you know he frowned upon like doing wood knocks and and howls and you know like. Squatch calls because he feels that you know if you're going to chase anything away in the forest, that's going to do it. And I, he made a good point that most people that have had encounters weren't doing that; they were just minding their business, sitting there quiet, and and lo and behold, they had an encounter. Right, but the first time uh, when I was with the kids and I had my encounter, uh, they were goofing around hitting trees. They, they would hit it once. I see these people try to do wood knocks, and they, it's like they're playing a bongo drum. You know, they right. pound the hell out of it. Right. And now when I had my encounter and that male was leaving, he was doing wood knocks, but he was only doing one. Ah. So that's why I think maybe they're doing it wrong. I think if you do it right, it might mean something different to them. Right, right. 
Yeah, there's got to be there's got to be some sort of uh, rocks that they're used to or accustomed to that, like you say, make sense or how they communicate or however it is that they you know associate those with. Right. Three, three rock means you know something's coming in the you know whatever, whatever if there's a scout out there or something like that. But there's probably a code. <laughs> speak up, but yeah, these guys like you say, Vince, to get out there and just beat the hell out of a, a tree, then it's not going to help or bring anything in usually. So right, right, and I know for a fact that they tree knock because I've heard it myself. But also, like you were saying, the scouts when we were out, we we hiked up that hill, you know, where we camp and. We didn't hear tree knocks, but we heard what sounded like rocks clacking together. Right. Right. And then when I was when I had my encounter up there in Wheatfield, it was it was tree knocks that I heard. That was the first initial thing that I heard. But uh, um, it was in a circle, so there was it was obviously there was two of them communicating or more, whatever it was. But yeah, it wasn't like three or four knocks at a time. It was just a uh, one or a two at the most, so. Right. But it was one of the loudest things I've ever heard in my life, so I don't. Now, now when you had. I remember like it was yesterday, so. Right. Now, when you had your encounter, uh, like me, when I finally figured out, I put two and two together in my mind, I thought, is this really happening? Were you kind of like that? Yeah, I just, I, I. I did have a hard time processing, and I was the only one up in the middle of the night, so it was one of those trying to figure out, you know, for one, what the animals were, or the dogs that I heard, were so anxious about or trying to figure out what they were after. And then the knocks I heard, in it, and then I just started processing in my head, it's got to what can make that sort of noise in the forest the only thing I could come, the only conclusion I could come up with was a Bigfoot. Something right. like a hand that could beat up against a tree that big, so. Right, something that could pick up a, yeah. a, a tree or a branch. Right, exactly, and, and, and make that sort of sound that loud that, yeah, it took, but it did take me a while, like you're saying, it, it, it took a while to process, so, okay, what the hell am I hearing? Am I, am I losing my mind? Or, Am I hearing what I think I'm hearing, or... Right, right, yeah. Yeah, if one of those is hit, and then you're like, okay, well, nobody else can even talk to or I hated to hear that, or... And you're in common, you had, you know, you had your son there, so... Well, you had your kids, but you had your son there to, to talk to you at first, so... Yeah, I but you... That. I was just trying to process on my own head what the hell I was hearing, so... Right, but he's still, uh... He's still on the fence because he's still not sure what we heard. You know, he, he's not into the Sasquatch uh, like we are. I mean, we, we've researched it. We've heard what other people have recorded. And, you know, well, not only that, we've been up in the forest. I'm sure you have catered your whole life going camping, fishing, whatever. So right. you know you know the normal sounds of the animals around here. And we, we know the animals in our area. And just to hear something different... That that's what took us so long to process because we're like, wait a minute, what is this? It's like yeah, it's normal. like being right. It's like being in consumer's math and somebody hands us an algebra test. 
Right. Wait a minute. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I'm not, now I, I'm, I may or may not be speaking from my own experience, but I won't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they brought up another good point. Uh, I like how they touch base on uh, Ron Moorhead's Sierra sounds and how when they also had them analyzed. And, you know, when we watched the documentary where they analyzed them, uh, they did say that you know there's like two sets of vocal cords because as they do their what's called samurai chatter or whatnot they're hitting high and low low octaves at the same time and that's just not capable with humans so there's another piece of evidence that says there's a creature out there that can do this when it makes its whenever they communicate and they, they've all come to agree that it's a form of communication because if you listen to the Sierra sound, they are talking to each other. Right. And, and like I said, when I had mine, the male was speaking. And uh, it, it, it wasn't like samurai chatter, but it was like, like if you hear a caveman grunting and moaning on TV, that's, right. that's exactly what it sounded like. On, on the Sierra sound, that's one encounter I have a always had a hard time finding like the whole entire what is it 10 10 different clips or something videos or something like that it's, it's like a series right or something uh, there's quite a few of them right if i'm not mistaken or no they're, they're they're uh no they're just recordings that ron moorhead oh, did I know recordings. I, I've, heard, I've heard clips of it but i have a hard time finding that every time i go to search for it and go down with you know YouTube or whatever I want to look through, that one seems like it's hard to find. I don't know if they've taken, taken some of them down. Or oh, yeah. yeah, sometimes things are hard to find. That's one that I do have a hard time finding. So, right, and, and uh, YouTube does take stuff down. Yeah, and there there is, uh, there is like a, I want to say it's, a, it's not a documentary, but it's more of a symposium where they do talk about Sasquatch and these Sierra sounds and Ron Moorhead's the one spearheading it and he gives all the explanations I'll see if I can find that and I'll send you the link and you will hear the full full audio that he has and he'll show he shows footage of the campsite of how they built it what it looked like he explains how they built uh, the the little shelter that they would put themselves in at night when these things came around uh, it it's it's just crazy what they what they experienced was like man I I don't know I would have probably I would probably put a load in my pants right and and, and he also <clears throat> talks about the other things they experienced at that campsite right like uh, he said there was a, a, I don't know what he how do you describe it like a light shaped like a sword just floating through the camp right just some crazy stuff yeah um, hey, it, Talk, I don't know if we, uh, we've talked about it on tape or anything about, what was that show called, uh, American Bigfoot? Is that what it was called? Or Alaskan Bigfoot? Alaskan Bigfoot, I'm sorry, Alaskan Bigfoot. Yeah, Alaskan Killer Bigfoot, yeah. yeah. Dude, Larry, did you get a whole, a whole season in on that one? I, I did. You know who I really had, I had heartburn when they brought out that big old smoke machine and they started just... <laughs> the, the yeah, yeah. I, I said, okay, it, it, now, now you just ruined it. <laughs> right, and then, yeah, and then the fire starting 
Like, when, yeah. Right. Yeah. I just come on now. Yep. And then uh, the laser grid. Oh, it walked right in front. Right. Come on, dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I lost it on that one. Yeah. And then they uh, brought out the psychic and did their peace offering. And hey, everything's all right. Bring the family. Right. Yeah. Come on down now. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that that one was a little rough. Uh, it started out really good, but toward the end, I'm like, "Did you guys run out of material?" Because uh, they were they were ready for trying to get some ratings in there or something. I whatever they were trying to. I think yeah, they were trying to get some ratings in, but you know, it's yeah, sometimes they just take it too far, and it's like, come on now. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. and some some things they were a little too over dramatic. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Hey, uh, Larry, you, you were coming down this way, I believe it was last weekend, yeah. for a wedding. Did you happen to stop in Radiant Springs? I, I did not, because I, I did see the sign, and I said, you know, next time I'm down there, I'm going to have to go to Radium Springs. I got an email from Mr. Smith. He hasn't been out there. I think they were going to try and go this weekend. He was involved in an accident, and he's having some whiplash, and so he said... You know, he he was out of commission for a while, but he shot me an email last week or, or yeah, sometime last week, I think Wednesday, saying that he's going to try and get out there this weekend. So I told him, just keep us posted. And, uh, you know, he seems to think that they come down from the mountain. Uh, I've never been to Radium Springs, but just from what he's saying, I'm going to have to go check it out. I don't know if you can kind of tell from, from the highway, you can kind of see the mountain that he's probably referring to, but... It doesn't look that, uh, I don't know what the right word is, dense, maybe, or... Right. It, it's... Uh, yeah, so the, the way that I got a hold of these prints was a co-worker named Bob that I... It was his son-in-law that works on this farm and came across these prints. So that's that's what I'm in reference to as, as far as kind of bringing everybody up to stuff what I'm even referring to. So Right. There's these plants that, that were sent to me that I forwarded on to you guys, so that's where they were taken. So in Radium Springs? Yeah, in Radium Springs. Okay. That's exactly where we're at. So. Yeah. Um, and you know, I look and like I told Vince, you know, they, it doesn't have to always be forced because everyone everyone knows that these animals they don't stay put. They're not like a dog. They don't just stay in the yard. They travel. So I could see them, you know, using these mountains. And then the Oregon mountains, I'm I'm sure that there's been some sightings or some activity up there. But, you know, uh, I just think they travel. And, like, you, you see pictures of them walking through the desert on the Navajo reservation. So it's like, all right, well. Right. That's what I was just going to say. We yeah. we have a lot of sightings going through. Yeah, I, I I hear a lot from the res, and uh, there's a lot of spots where there's not a tree in sight. Right. But uh, like you said, I, I think they're passing through. Right. And who knows why they go down that way or whatnot. But I, I guess is there a river? Because he seems to think that they would come down to get water and then maybe head back up and on with their journey. Yeah, real damn runs runs right through there so okay that's the only river that runs through there so and and there could be some some food source that migrates that way at certain times of the year that's why they see them down there could be who knows or they could go like uh around this time to get a sack of green chili you never know right right maybe they yeah maybe they like green chili 
But th- you, that's a good point because you know you know what species migrates uh, from that area, and it goes every year down to Mexico and then back up. It's it's the mule deer. The mule deer migrate through those mountains, and they go. They head down toward Mexico, and then they turn around and come back up as the weather changes. And so, you know, it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Mister Smith gets better soon, and he can uh, head out that way. And Larry, when you're down again, this way, we'll kind of coordinate and yeah. reach out there. No, definitely, definitely. Check out the, the area ourselves. So. Right, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, if I would have had time, I, I would have loved to take in a little trip, but it was it was a quick trip for my daughter's wedding and, and then shot back home. But it, I would like to go out there and see what the fuss is all about. I mean, yep. you know, and he had sent me uh, an, an article where I, it, this is like, years ago that it was in the El Paso Sun or something and someone there was a little report about a sighting out there in that area uh, one one right there I think this one he referred to was kind of right there by the Trans Mountain area and right and I was like hmm okay yeah because I go through Trans Mountain well, when you went to Chaparral, is that the way you went? No, no. I, I used when my daughter lived in El Paso, but now that she lives in Chaparral, okay. I, I get off on Anthony and go around, it's you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's the quickest way for me because once I get off on Anthony, Chaparral's just right there, like 20 minutes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, when she did live there, and when I lived there, I was constantly going through, you know, Trans Mountain to get to the, you know, the west side and just running around, you know, but yeah, I, I, I think just cause it's a desert, I don't think we should rule out that they're not around there. Right. I or, agree. Have you, have you ever been from El Paso to Carlsbad? You ever been that direction? I have been. So that, that, that's the part that I've always thought about. Kind of like we had built it. It's about that type of, right. And, you know, forest. But I don't know about water source. I don't, I didn't look enough and think about enough if there was a water source anywhere around that area. So. Right. Well, I, I would think there may be, you know, they may be dry for a while, but like you said, once you get, like, toward up the Rio Doso area, and I, I would think that there's some water because there's a lot of wildlife up there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. They're always on the road and stuff, and I've been up there early, early in the morning, and right before the sun comes up, you gotta kind of watch out because they'll be right in the road. So right, yeah, yep. No, very good, very good. Yep. All right. Well, and we need to talk about anything more before we wrap it up, gentlemen. No, but I think we could continue a part two next time. We probably could because this this documentary had so much it was so full of information i was like you could probably you could probably break this in you see how they were breaking it up you could probably do one podcast per each section that they were talking about but right right yeah so we uh we may have to continue on that subject um i i've come like i've been looking on the internet and man it's like we're hitting a sasquatch dry spell i'm like you know, I'm, I'm not finding any new sightings or 
or anything, people need to start getting back out there, or maybe we just do. Yeah, we do for sure, but I think things are changing because there's a lot of fires all over the place from California all the way out here. I know. And uh, like in the east, they're having crazy-ass flooding, so who knows? Right. So, and you know, that's some other theory, you know, we, we could talk about what our theories are on, especially in floodings, like in Mississippi and Louisiana, you know, they got the boogers down there, same thing, but where, what happens when it floods, you know? Right. It's interesting. Interesting. Yeah, uh, just, just a quick note, Larry, did you guys, uh, I was watching on, on the TV, one of the TV things about the Ruger room. Have you, have you seen that where it's talking about they call like the skinwalker down in Louisiana the Rugaloo? No, I haven't seen that one. Oh, you know, I haven't seen it either. It, it's what actually starts talking about the how a skinwalker came about. That, and I barely got into this trying to watch this episode, but there was two tribes that combined to take out another, a third tribe, and then they took to the dark magic and stuff and started into the dark side and that's how they started with the shapeshifter and the blue guru type thing and it looks pretty interesting so I'm gonna have to go back and get some more research or something like that. Too. Right. I yeah. if there's any credibility to it or if it's you know one of those types of things. So Yeah and no, my right. gentleman Bob that I work with he's he's originally from Louisiana and I couldn't pronounce the word at first. I'm like we got we got images the river I'm like you know exactly what I'm talking about. He said, oh, hell yeah, they're talking about. So I guess it's kind of like, you know, an everyday word down there for people that, that live down there. So Right. Maybe yeah. something for, for another time we can check out and then come back and, and discuss, you know, if, if it's even worth discussing, if it's something that's halfway good or not. I'm not sure. I haven't done my homework, homework yet, so. Yeah, I know, definitely. I'm, I'm going to have to check this out. It's on Tubi? Yeah, it was on Tubi. All right. I'll, I'll... And what was it called? It's called uh, something about the Ruger Room. is what it's called. R-O-G. I'm going to spell it wrong. I know I am, but you are or whatever it is. I'll have to find it for you guys away, So. All right, that'll work. Okay. Yeah, because I started watching it. I only got like 10, 15 minutes into the thing, and then something else came up, and... I had to stop, so I'm going to have to get back in and finish it up. So, But I'll send you guys the link to it. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. Thanks for joining us, Tater. And My pleasure, guys. All right. Yeah. All right. This, all is, right. this is for everybody. Hey, yeah. All right, man. Till next time. See ya. Later. Later. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And be sure to reach out to us at cryptidcrossroads505 at gmail.com. Peace. Peace.